Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. CR 855 AM digital 3cr.org.au. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. 3CR broadcasting from the lands of the original inhabitants and paying respects to elders past and present, and including our LGBTI Indigenous elders, uh, who in turn include sister girls and brother boys and acknowledging their unique contributions to diversity and intersectionality on and around our land. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Um, you can do so via email, out of the pan 855 at gmail.com. Text in 61401 which it seems someone already has. And you can look for me on Facebook or look for Out of the Pans page on Facebook. Um, lots of ways to do it. Or you can tweet at um, 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 Sal Gold said so, and appropriately enough, and that's the bottom line. Did open up today with Stone Cold's theme, yes, after whom my Twitter handle is named. Um, so, um, yes, and I wanted to do that for a reason that I think is very relevant to um, the show today because, well, sadly, we have to acknowledge the passing of a bit of a WWE legend. Um, China was the ring name used. Um, and no, we're not talking about a country. We're not going into all British British slang. Hello, me old China plate. No, we're not doing that. Um, China was a groundbreaking women's wrestler in the late 90s, early noughties in the Attitude Era, along with Stone Cold. And, um, you know, challenged, I think, gender stereotypes. Women's wrestling had not, I think, been well regarded at all at that point. I think it's also fair to say that as women's wrestling began to take off, it did take a very, um, you know, um, sort of very gender stereotypical approach in terms of women being very feminine looking and that sort of thing. China, as someone who was highly um, muscular in that sense, um, challenged those stereotypes and went further. She was the first female to win a women's title, a men's title. Um, the Intercontinental title, often seen in wrestling history as one of the um, sort of mid-card titles, but in WWE history specifically, seen as the second championship after the, um, in its various incantations, WWE Heavyweight Championship. Um, there's been a report in The Guardian, which I've got to say, in terms of mainstream media in this country, The Guardian Online, 
doing a pretty reasonable um, balanced job of media in general, as much as I don't want to endorse anything directly, you've got to give it where it's due. They've actually had a couple of reports on China's passing. Um, it was sad that apparently the male to whom she was to drop the intercontinental title, Jeff Jarrett, is alleged to have asked for three hundred thousand US dollars extra because he didn't want the indignity of being the first male to lose to a female, which I say with a sort of one of those denial types of laughter in my voice. Um, I shouldn't laugh. But what does China's legacy mean? I think in terms of gender is worth asking about. You know, we often say, oh, are we making progress on women's equality? And of course, no, we've got a heck of a lot of distance to travel. We've, I think, picked some obvious low-hanging fruit. And on, there's so many angles on this. But of course, when we look at the depth of um, male on female, well, trigger warning coming up, just mentioning domestic violence, we still have a long way to go. We look at um, the... Um, situation regarding um you know sort of the, the women in the workplace and we still don't seem to have made a lot of progress and you might say why is that because we're not allowing for what i call gender expression and this is i think in her way and if she didn't intend to do it was what china did um you know we sort of have this still are stuck on ideas that women are god forbid blur coming up a blur warning you know, we have to bring up the stereotypes, I suppose, to talk about them. Um, you know, that women are, you know, emotional and feminine and men are aggressive and that sort of thing. And it's that that, to me, blocks our progress on gender stereotypes. We're not thinking about, you know, the fact that not every... So what I think is happening in terms of the corporate workplace is that, sure, in simple language, reasonably accurate, though masculine women are getting into the corporate workplace, but then who are we leaving out? Who isn't getting in? And not that I'm cheerleading for the corporate sector, but who are they missing out on in terms of talent? They're missing out still on feminine women. They're also missing out on feminine men who don't fit corporate macho stereotypes. Again, bad language, but sometimes we have to. Um... And um, the other thing is um, that, you know, we've now got a third of the trans and gender diverse spectrum or kaleidoscope is identifying as other than male or female, non-binary. Are they being missed out on in the corporate sector? Everyone loses when we don't value diversity. Everyone wins when we do. So China, to me, was a major trailblazer in that way even if not intended, and I would acknowledge two things, that in the latter part of um, her WWE career, Joni Marie Lauer, to give her her, we'll say, birth certificate name, as we might call it on this show, um, was not often, um, you know, sort of recognised, um, you know, in terms of her ring skill, but was, you know, sort of put in romantic situations with male wrestlers, which took away from her skill. And I would acknowledge something else. Um, I mentioned The Guardian. They've had two different writers um, write about this in different contexts. So um, one writer today has written about um, the issue of um, China being a sort of trailblazing type. Um, and, um, you know, that um, writer is Heather Bandenberg. But earlier in the week... 
there was another article, and I don't, I, do, I have to bring this in. I can't just talk about China in isolation. Is about the lack of um, full or the shortage. I'm going to say of well-being respect that WWE has for its stars. There's no union, and we're coming up to May Day next week um, for WWE stars, as there is in the US, US context for American gridiron type of footballers, for example. And I think we have, um, to some extent, we've got the AFL Players Association here, which I'm not sure if it's technically a registered trade union, but, um, you know, um, who's looking after their well-being? And Dave Schilling was the person who wrote about this and the well-being of wrestlers. And there's been too many others who seem to have gone in tragic circumstances. So I don't think I can just talk about China in the context of gender without mentioning those issues. I think that would be inappropriate. As much as I love WWE, I'm a fan, but I'm not a fanatic, as I would like to say. So well done, China, for what you did. And there's lots of other women who I think, of course, just by being themselves, break gender stereotypes and don't fall for you know the horrible stereotypes and are assertive, even though that may you know, cop them flack from, um, you know, sort of elements of males. And I know I cop this, um, and it's still a big concern. And I think any male-dominated bastion, whether it's wider society or whether it's some of our organisations in our GLBTI community that have been dominated by gay male thinking, in particular cisgender gay male thinking, which really is no different. I think this is a challenge for some of those organisations. Have they really done all the cultural change work to be truly inclusive of all sorts of women and then to take it further to be inclusive of bi, trans women, to be inclusive of intersex issues and, of course, bi, trans and intersex cover all genders in each in their way. So, um, you know, China brings up lots of thoughts. Obviously, from this fan, she was a great performer but um, also, I think, did blaze some trails in her way. All right, one topic. If you've got some thoughts about that, um, please, you can get in touch, as I said, um, by all the various means. And someone has got in touch um, um, in relation to texting through, um, and that was our first-time listener from a few weeks ago, has got in touch in relation to Prince, who, if we've lost people who challenged gender nonconformity, um, our listener has said, in lieu of Prince's death, he challenged gender nonconformity in his music. He put the pan in pansexual. He was sex on a stick. Rest in peace to a man that allowed the journey of my unique identity, says our listener, to be so funky through his music. We've lost a free spirit and a complex soul. What are my thoughts about his cultural influence to marrying the community, to many, sorry, in the community, I'll claim respects, growing up with his music? Um, love your fresh, refreshing and honest insights as always. Thank you. And he also challenged the social constructs around masculinity, and I would agree with that too. So, yeah, a couple of, um, well, some people say gender warriors. I'd like to say gender bridge builders and gender pacifists gone in the same week. I'll come back and have a chat after um, the next track about um, Prince and music and what he did um, for me and for others and try to split my own personal views from um, what um, our listener has said. Um, and just what it meant for me. Um, I could say with tongue-in-cheek, we're about to have a country song, which um, maybe Prince didn't do that genre, did he? Anyway, let's have a listen to Adam Brand from about 2003, and I want to talk about this in a careful way after the break as well. 
the Anzac. 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally. Words out. Freedom of species has hit the airwaves. Tune in for debates and updates on both local and international animal protection news and events and learn about how you can live a cruelty-free, sustainable lifestyle. News, views and non-leather shoes. That's Freedom of Species, 1pm Sundays on 3CR. Authorised by the last few remaining kangaroos, Canberra. 3CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3CR.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. That's us, 3CR, 855am, digital3cr.org.au. And on demand, lots of ways you can listen to us. Um, you could be listening, if you're listening live, um, you could be listening to Freedom of Species at one o'clock, um, or you could be listening on demand, lots of ways. Um, check out their podcasts as well, and lots of news and views. Now, um, I've been caught off guard, which shows how little I know much about as, about Prince. Uh, um, listen, my, uh, I, I feel like I need to give you a name. Can I call you... Um, um, I don't know, um, Pan Correspondent, I'm going to call um, our listener, um, said that um, had Prince did do country music as well and wrote and produced for numerous country artists, including Deborah Allen, Baby, I Lied. There was some controversy about his religious beliefs pertaining to marriage equality. He combined religion and sex as an interesting juxtaposition. There's a good word genius he was and this is a i think this brings up a really good thing and i haven't had a chance because i did take an extra month off which i'm going to talk about maybe a bit in the third segment as to a bit of why um i did that um in relation to one of today's advertised themes which is the first part of an lgbti life um and um um yeah, well, I haven't had a chance to talk about the passing of David Bowie as well, so I suppose there's linkages. I mean, both, in their way, broke down um, barriers on um, gender and in many ways. And both, in terms of their sexual orientation label, David Bowie was very coy. I don't know so much about princes. Um, not that it doesn't matter. They were both geniuses, but regardless of who they were, if they broke things down and challenge some stereotypes, that's got to be a good thing. And so, yeah, look, totally acknowledge what Prince did. I made the joke about country music um, in a very unknowing way, albeit. Um, I'm a lyricist, as per that last song, The Anzac, um, which I'll talk about in a second. I'm a words person. That's probably why I'm on radio, for at least one reason, Adam Brand's song, The Anzac. Um, You know, look, and so in that sense, perhaps Prince 
didn't quite grab it for me personally. I would totally acknowledge, though, his um, guitar skills and his dance skills, which I think perhaps maybe were underrated. Um, You know, there's a saying amongst performers, you can usually do two out of the three genres well, acting, singing, dancing. Um, And in terms of singing as distinct from lyrics, yep, I think Prince had a great voice as well. But certainly did a lot. And, you know, it's... um, you know, it is sad that we're losing people, and just to digress a little, I suppose, I often wonder, you know, the sort of, um, well, no, not wishing death on anyone, but, you know, if some of the people who are our pop stars today go, will they get this sort of adoration and adulation? They're pop stars, and yeah, they're well known, and I'm not necessarily talking about sexual orientation or anything else, but I don't know, they just seem, I personally believe we've lost quality in things and I regardless of my personal views on Prince I think he did strive for some quality and creativity and originality and authenticity in so many ways and I think we've lost that in a very mass-produced society as well all right I wanted to have a quick talk um, tomorrow the 25th of April um, is marked as a public holiday for Anzac Day let's get some things clear first I do not glorify the military I wish we could have a world where we didn't have wars. Um, Arthur Haley, in his um, um, book about uh, In High Places, which is a book focusing on a Canadian prime minister, a fictional Canadian prime minister in the 60s, although Haley researches a lot and one wonders how close to reality it was, there's a quote in that book that war is a little man's quarrel magnified a thousand times over. I suppose if you put nukes in there, it might be more than a thousand, but that's the way it is. So I don't glorify war. I wish we could prevent it. But unfortunately, when you have people who are emotionally unintelligent, who get into positions of influence, um, that's going to happen. Um, and, um, you know, sort of, I think that um, sometimes it's inevitable. I suppose I wanted to talk about, and one other thing, I acknowledge those who fought and lost and, um, you know, sort of the damage that is caused even for those soldiers or service people who do return, I think has to be acknowledged. I suppose I wanted to talk about, you know, GLBTI and the military on such a day um, or near such a day. You know, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, there's a, the old um, line, I can't remember who originated it, I know it's in a, um, Red Gum live track on their Caught in the Act album, you know, join, um, join the military, um, meet lots of friendly people, learn their language and culture, and then shoot the hell out of them, um, was the dry humoured remark from John Schumann at the time. I'm not sure if that's his originally or um, whether someone else had said it. Um, but, um, you know, um, in one sense, you know, anyone, I suppose, the military needs the people who are best skilled, you know, in terms of it being a workforce. Yes, it needs to be equal, but um, is having, you know, um, why would anyone want to be in there? Now, Australia, um, you're as a gay, in terms of gay and lesbian, it was possible to serve openly in the Australian military as far as 19, back as 1992, whereas the US was grappling with Don't Ask, Don't Tell until 2013, which I think speaks volumes at volumes. Um, credit to Paul Keating um, for... Um, breaking this one open but um, you know the thing is for trans people it took until the early 2010s before a couple of trans people including Bridget Clinch 
even though at that point we had no federal um, anti-discrimination protection, they went to a federal court and within three days the military had backed down on their policy of just dismissing trans people, which of course is, um, regardless of the legal situation, is just totally inappropriate. And from all the reports I have from trans people inside the forces now, um, there is, we'll say, steady progress um, along the way. And of course, Kate McGregor is um, well known as a, a trans person who at least, I think, may not be in the military anymore um, um, in terms of um, you know, raising the profile. From a trans advocacy point of view, we need trans people everywhere, if of course they are willing and their consent to stand up and tell stories, because we are everywhere. And I think Kate McGregor's done a good job. Um, As I say, I don't know why for me anyone would want to go in the military. I can say with dry humour, when I was at an all-boys school and we had to do cadets for two years, um, I didn't do the rifle stuff at the cadet camp each year because I was left-handed and all the rifles were right-handed. That could have been quite disastrous for me and others. But, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, if LGBTI people choose to be in the military, of course they have a right to be as open as in any other workplace. So, um, you know, I think it's, whether it's still an issue, obviously, we you know, we, it still seems to be somewhat of a headline grabber, clickbait story when a trans person in the military tells their story. Um, which says something, but it also, well, linking to the first segment, it says stuff about masculinity as well, doesn't it? Particularly for trans women. But I have to say, in the t- early 2000s, I remember having a chat to a, um, a le- someone who was lesbian and out in the military, and she said, you know, they, the Australian military at least were really good on treating people with respect. You didn't, you know, there wasn't this sort of, I've got a stripe on my arm, you have to do what I say mentality. If something was unreasonable or inappropriate, you um, you know, could challenge it, which I think is most welcome. So lots to consider there. Um, you know, as I say, don't support war and military myself. Would love to see peace. Is it possible? I suppose we can only try. If we don't try, then we won't know. Now we've had a text in as well. Um uh, uh, sorry, a tweet, um, said the techno schmuckleburger. Um, the fabulous Linda has said, can she listen to Sal Gold said so and out of the pan and still mark efficiently and effectively in her job as a lecturer? Um, well, um, of course, you, if you are the particular person, regardless of your gender identity or expression, you can multitask if you think that's effective for you. So there you go. Um, had another um, text in. Um, from, um, I'm going to say, the, our PAN correspondent, um, and who says that, um, um, who I will use, I won't use pronouns for, PAN correspondent says, um, I saw Kate McGregor in Melbourne, she was exceptional, and um, had a forensic mind about military strategy, very impressed by her intellect, and I've got to say, I love Kate McGregor as a cricket commentator, I'm not a sporting huge sporting person, but her wit as a commentator, and I suppose for me as an admiring radio person, was fantastic. There was one line in particular where there was controversy about an Australian batsman who should have walked rather than waiting for the umpire, and she said he would have been the first batsman to have walked since Ludwig Leichhardt. Gotta love it. All right, um, let's... 
keep it moving. Got two tracks in a row now, which um, are for a purpose. Um, two shortish tracks. Um, I'm going to do some looking back and then um, talk about being 21. How can I do that? Um, well, I'll tell you after we hear these two tracks from Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band and the Eagles on 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally. 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally, um, coming to you first on a Sunday afternoon. A range of music, just to um, the last two tracks, tell you why I played them in a second, um, was Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band from Live Bullet in 1975, a classic live album, and looking back, the Eagles from Desperado, a Bernie Ledden track, 21, and the two tracks we've played so far prior to that were the Anzac um, by um, Adam Brand from the CMC 2003 country music compilation and, of course, opened up with Stone Cold's theme from WWE. Um, More of all of this to come. So why did I just play those last two tracks? It struck me in the vague um, semi-trance state as I woke up this morning that, by goodness, um, I'm 21 this week. Now, hang on, you say you're came out of a womb in 1965, doesn't that make you 50 and a half? Well, no, it's 21 years since I came out, and it's a sort of time of reflection in a way because something that struck me over the last six months, both, we'll say, personally and professionally, if I can use such a term, is that um, what we've got at the moment is possibly for the first time in Australia, more and more, well, I'll say say GLBTI overall and then break it down, people are getting past the challenges of GLBTI-dom, and then say, well, what about the rest of my life? For trans people in particular, as we start breaking this down, you know, um, in the past, it's been a struggle just to get hormones and or surgery, if that's they are the things you need, and then get a job. The The issue that comes up is every human on this planet, whether they admit it or not, has stuff from the first part of their life. There's all sorts of psychological and spiritual ideas, which are quite reasonable on this. There's the wound when we're a little person, Um, all sorts of things. Um, You know, how do you heal it? But I think for many GLBTI people of what I call the middle age cohort from say around 30 to 55 in particular, but maybe that goes down even to 20 or 25, and certainly seniors will say 55 plus. Sure, you get to come out, but what happens to the stuff underneath and there'll be variations for on, us, on this for all of us. I'll, fo- I'll focus, I suppose, from a trans perspective, um, that um, you know, you've you know, left with all this stuff growing up as the wrong gender. I've often said, as you know, I spent 13 years at an all-boys school, not a pleasant experience. And I'm still not through wanting to, finding stuff that comes up um, that is very deep about just being a person. So the the trans, and I'll say that at least the GLBT, maybe a little different for intersex, maybe not, is like a layer of fog over everything else. And then you come out, you come to terms with um, being positive about yourself, and then it's like, okay, that gets blown away. Whoa, there's all the stuff underneath. And for trans people, I think in particular, all that stuff about um, you know going to school as the wrong gender, growing up as the wrong gender. It's similar too for gay, lesbian, bi. You, know, you never had a sense of inner peace and, and settled. If you are, let's say, a gay man who marries a female, or well, you know deep down you're gay, but you go through 
well, you could almost call it the the society expected ritual of marrying a female. It's not for you. Look at all the things that can create. I, of course, know lots of gay men in that situation. Some have a good relationship with their, well, I'll say partner um, or wife, whether they're an ex-wife, whether they're separated, divorced is not the issue. Um, but of course, some don't. And that's, of course, the result of a society that is queerphobic. But what I wanted to talk about was the pain that's buried underneath. And this began to surface last year at the, or when I say surface, um, sorry, the, the issue was discussed at last year's LGBTI Ageing and Aged Care Conference in Melbourne in late October. But I'm going to be honest and say that the reason I did need to take an extra month off in February this year and come back a bit later was because I was struggling myself with some of these issues, have worked through them or broken the back of them, I'll say. Now, I don't think you can ever work through stuff like this completely. The scars never heal 100%. But I think this is something we're going to need to consider for trans um, holistic um, GLBTI health services as people perhaps start dealing with this. Um, you know, um, what's what are the issues that come up? And what happens for seniors, LGBTI seniors in with dementia, and they revert to early stages of life and some of those painful things come up. Aged care providers might need to consider that. So um, lots to consider here. Um, so, yeah, a bit of looking back, um, to borrow from the Bob Seeger track. But, yeah, the reason I bring it up this week is it's 21 years to the day, 27 April 95, um, on Wednesday, um, to when I got the right information about trans and began to, um, you know, sort of be able to, well, perhaps be more in the present moment, I suppose, if we're talking about past, present and future tenses. And, you know, um, I hope that, um, well, in the words, the final words of that Bernie Ledden track, I can't, th I don't have a reason why I would ever want to die. Well, I'm going to keep going as long as I can, rest assured about that. But I do bring this up. I think it's an issue that we need to start thinking about more and more for LGBTI people um, as we get through, um, you know, what um, will come up and how we deal with that and how we do it in a respectful way. Getting lots of texts today. Let's um, have a look at some of them. Um, and we've had a couple of texts about um, the Pride Centre um, in... Um, so I'm going to talk about that both, one in relation to what I was just talking about and one in relation to another question. Um, so obviously it is the big news of the week, so I'll have a wrap-up of that in the final segment. All right, um, for now, let's keep um, that country style of music going. Haven't played this one in a long time. One of the things that helped me get through the journeys has been a warped sense of humour. And, well, I think these guys, the Magnificent Seven, and their version, I think, um, of a well-known Mike Oldfield track, I have to say track, I think, um, shows a sense of humour. Here's Tubular Cowbells. 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au. Out of the pan with Sally. Ask me for a clue And I will always tell you true Listen with your words Hi, I'm Sarah from Dash and you're listening to 3CR. It's true It's safer when I'm here with you It's true 
Bisexual Alliance is a non-profit organisation dedicated to raising awareness and supporting people who are bisexual, people who are multi-gender attracted, their partners and their families. Bisexual Alliance runs several monthly discussion groups in and outside of Melbourne to offer support, a safe space to chat about your experiences and to explore others' experience of multi-gender attraction. These groups are for bisexuals, those who are questioning and their loved ones. For more information, visit bi-alliance.org or email info at bi-alliance.org. Absolutely. Um, 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, Bisexual Alliance Victoria Discussion Group, coming up this Tuesday, the 26th, um, at um, the Parkview, um, 7.15 for 7.30, but you usually find some of us there having, as I always say, the pub grub, um, it, um, in those immortal words of the D generation, number 47, number 47, your veal parmigiana is ready. Um, you know, we'll usually be there a bit earlier. Um, it's also in terms of diversity in the community, if you're listening on Sunday the today, it's the polysocial um, this afternoon at um, back at, well, um, um, meet the new venue, same as the old venue, as, they, as the Who would have said, um, down at the Terminus in Clifton Hill. So check that one out. Um, what else is going on? Bent TV's on this week. A trans family on next Saturday the 30th. Um, bit of our rejiggled schedule part of the um, new, um, because of the Easter break. Um, we will be back to the fourth Saturday as of next month. But say we, I actually won't be there next week. I'll be very, um, we'll be pre-record next week because I'll be down at the Sacrilege Festival in Queenscliff, which is an awesome festival about diversity. So, um, you know, in terms of, um, you know, all sorts of diverse people sharing stories, sharing food, that's always good, said the um, the person of whichever gender, but we all, every gender has a stomach, I think. And um, so I'll be down there next weekend and I'll have a little bit of a surprise um, in the weeks coming. Um, I have to say also May the 8th, 3CR has a special broadcast, so there'll be no out of the pan. And then we'll be back with something on the 15th. Um, so look, um, lots happening. And also during May, of course, is uh, May 17th is Ida Hobbit Day. And so I'm uh, hoping during Ida Hobbit Month to get Le Comiche, um Ro Allen, in to talk specifically by trans type of issues as well. Um, so yeah, lots coming up. Um, and also got to say that on Friday, I had the pleasure of doing a broadcast as part of our um, 3CR 40th birthday celebrations with two long-time dear queer friends and allies and presenters of 3CR, James McKenzie from In Your Face and Libby Jamison, who was a founding presenter of Dykes on Mics, um, a former 3CR Sunday afternoon show. Um, we were down at Gertrude Contemporary, and I'm going to pop a podcast of that little 15 minutes up on the Out of the Pan website um, this afternoon as well as this show. So lots of listening. We've had lots of texts and there's almost serendipity going on here. Um, John, who um, texts in once in a while, good to hear from you, John, has said wonderful news about the Pride Centre, but no doubt the in with capital letters, the usual suspects and capital letters, and when I say the capital letters for the first of those three words, the usual suspects, will we be applying for jobs? Maybe it's time for a new generation to take hold instead of the professional activists and gays who will destroy this concept, well, like they did with the Also Foundation, etc., etc. John, um, look, lots of thoughts in there. I'm going to link that in. Um, to a text from Pan Correspondent, will the new Pride Centre be helpful towards having a more well-rounded generation of people in future generations? It can only get better, best of luck. And Pan Correspondent also says, 
some mature gay men have become more conservative than their straight counterparts. Is it because of the political climate of every generation and are they rebelling against the status quo? Gosh, there's lots of a squillion, million thoughts um, in some of those ideas. Let me try to work through them. I think that I'm a believer for John's comment about who's going to be involved in the Pride Centre. I mean, first of all, this has some distance to travel. This is We're at concept stage here. We've got to work out location, facilities, making it accessible for disability. Um, and also, you know, there was talk about perhaps having it at a uni campus when and one of the consultations I went to, someone who I must get on the show, and that's Jane Green from Vixen Collective, said that universities can often be unfriendly to people who have or us and or are still working in the sex industry. And something I want to talk about, but I'll certainly flag now, is that um, apparently some people who have and or are working in the sex industry have been kicked out of uni courses like medicine or nursing because of sex work, with some implication there that they're obviously, or not obviously, that they are deemed to be, in inverted commas, unhealthy by the course organisers, which is just totally inappropriate. Um, possibly discrimination, don't know, but it certainly is a reason why we need to get some reform in the area of sex worker um, law reform. In terms of the usual suspects, look, I, um, John, yeah, look, some usual suspects screw things up and some don't, and some new people screw things up and some people don't. Um, I think I have my opinions on the Also Foundation, which effectively died in 2012, interestingly, because I was treasurer in 2001, I actually got a phone call in about 2000, I think it was 2013, I'm from the Australian Charities and Not-for-Profits Commission saying, we need your return. I said, I haven't been involved in the organisation for 10 years. So they didn't do some updating. We could argue about who was responsible for ALSO's demise um, for a long time. But, um, you know, I think that it's probably a bit futile now. And to linking it back to the Pride Centre, though, I think this has to be thought out carefully and it's got to be thought out in the context of Melbourne being a leader, in my honest opinion, biased as I am as a lifelong resident in diversity. You know, people, you know when we went to these consultations, the corporate types running them were modelling things on overseas. I'm sorry, we do get on, by and large, fairly well here in Melbourne. We can't just have a cisgender gay male centre, for example, and so I do agree that um, there has to be a range of input. I think that's been taken on board. It was interesting that some people um, kept talking about the need for it to be inclusive and kept using the term gay and lesbian when I went to the consultations. And I, you know, um, the bruises on my head have gone from the head desks that resulted. Um, in relation to pan correspondent, um, will it be more the Pride Centre be more helpful having a more well-rounded generation? I think yes. Uh, I think we are getting more health services, you know, sure, or when I say more, the, starting from a low base, of people who understand the whole LGBTI experience and the first part, you know, of an LGBTI life, um, again, I being a little different in some ways um, in for intersex, um, you know, I think people are aware of that and so people will be able to give holistic health. I think that would be um, one of the... Um, you know, aims of it, as well as having, you know, a sort of uh, the Australian Lesbian and Gay Archive stuff would be on permanent exhibition, which would be fantastic. Um, you know, there'd be, you know, I would envisage a cafe, um, said the person, I'm not addicted to coffee anymore, I just still like it. Um, and they'd probably, you know, whether there'd be a separate license space. I do, I do want to talk about one thing, though. I hope that this doesn't affect hares and hyenas who um, were 
you know, I think have provided a great space, um, you know, um, you know, sort of um, for GLBTI people. And I hope this doesn't detrimentally affect them in any way. And I hope they can be consulted. And the other thing about the Pride Centre is there has been, although it's early days yet, talk about having it over somewhere like Southern Cross Station. So it would be very accessible for our regional and rural cousins. Um, and I think that's a really good call. So lots to consider. It's a lot to juggle. And of course, we need to consider access in terms of mobility as well. And Pan Correspondent has also mentioned something during the week um, that Kate Jenkins gave a speech at the National Press Club and yours truly and Transgender Victoria were mentioned in it. Yes, we were. So good to see that you know our issues are on the map at a broad level. Anyway, I'd better get off the map and out of the um, presenter's chair and make way for freedom of species. Gosh, what a packed program. Thanks to John and Pan Correspondent for your um, text messages. Thanks to Linda for the text. Thanks to everyone who's commented. Um, lots to talk about. Thanks to all the great providers of music. Take it out today because we can go upwards. I love this song. You have my consent to play air guitar or air drums or whatever you like. To Van Halen, Dreams. Uh, well, it's actually called Hire. Um, that's what dreams are made of. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. Happy dreaming. Until next week. Mm-hmm.